Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 169. On tonight's episode, the Manlings talk about competitive gaming and what it needs to write really good lists so that you can bring the filth and smash your friends mercilessly, like two held cannons in the forest, or 29 of those Skyfire things, or... Lots and lots of other things that smash really bad and make other people hate you, because that's what this show's all about. It's really about the film, I guess, so whatever. Shut it! I'm listening to me, show! Welcome to the Garage Tools for the next two hours or thereabouts. We will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you competitive play, new releases, and yet another Stormcast review. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I am Jack Smirking Revenge. Okay, now I'm with you. That's Fight Club. Yay! I decided to go a little less, little less obscure, and see if we could at least rope you in that way. Get you, uh, get you to the point where you'd feel good. Get a win in there. So, I mean, you you gotta, you know, you gotta give me an easy pitch every once in a while. But there you go, Lord. <laughs> Buford T. Justice. A Buford T. Justice. <sighs> Uh, I'll Man get you life. watching. I'll get you watching more movies. Yet you just wait and see. I know. So, all right. So, how's it going, partner? It's going. It is. It is going. <laughs> it just, is going. I can't believe that it's the end of May already. How about it, man? School's almost over. I know. It's amazing. I know. Oh, uh, gonna have summer break and got gotta get. Gotta get caught up on hobby and stocked up on on prepping for the YouTube videos and things like that, so I can get some stuff done over the summer because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but before we do that, why don't we uh, why don't we uh, thank our sponsors? I think that would be a good idea. Oh yeah, we got to pay the bills. Sure. All right. So as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which are Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your MDF needs. How do you like that voice? This is pretty good, man. In a world where there's highly trained individuals, he's the most highly trained of them. I could do those like commercials. I could be the narrator guy for the for the for movie trailers. You could. I totally could. That guy makes money. That guy does make a lot of money. <laughs> he makes bank just to show up, man. That guy. Dear Lord. Oh, man. Oh, and also, of course, um, we should thank our Patreon associate producers, James Mackey and Shirley Tempel, and our newest patrons, John Hewell Davies and Joel Eddy with Drive Through Reviews. So. Thank you to you guys for becoming part of the almost, but not quite, 1%. And folks, if you want to help out the show and become one of the one percenters, then please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. Oh, boy. So, uh, to business. We have voicemail. <laughs> voicemail. We do have voicemail? Voicemail. Sure? Yes, we do. And if you, the listener, would like to possibly be a part of the show you too can call our voicemail line at 1-757-GH-SHOW-6 that's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6 international callers in most countries dial 00 then 1 
757 GH Show 6. In a world full of voicemails, this voicemail line led to our show. See, I totally could be that guy, dude. You totally could. I shouldn't, but I'm just saying that I could. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, I'm going to play with two voicemails. Uh, and the first one is from what is going, seems is going to become a regular caller. Um, and going to be promoting, um, a, a, one, a local tournament, which, hey man, if you got a local tournament, this is the way to promote it. Call this show and people might actually hear it. So hold on. Here it comes. Howdy and hello, Dave, Alex, and the lovely Lindsay. This is Boss Hoss, longtime listener and a host of the Battleshock podcast. First off, I've been painting and driving to your show since about episode 18, and I wanted to thank you all for all the hours you kept me entertained. I'm a big fan. I'm calling you today to announce that I'm running the Battleshock Bash at the Gateway Open, June 23rd through 25th in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. That Friday, we'll host an all-day Age of Sigmar narrative event, followed Saturday and Sunday by a five-round AOS Grand Tournament. That's right. We're hosting the first fantasy GT that St. Louis has seen in a long, long time. It's 50 bucks to pre-reg, and that fee gets you access to the entire convention in case you want to play something else like Warm Hordes, Infinity, or Guild Ball. Uh, there are also a couple other random games running at the con, uh, but those are the big ones. Space is limited, so you're going to want to secure your spot ASAP. Uh, it also helps determine how much space we get with uh, uh, by the pre-regs we get. So pre-regging... Get double thumbs up from me. Guys and gals, we are going to have an absolute great weekend of gaming here at Hulu. We're going to put St. Louis on the map as an Age of Sigmar destination, and you can come reap the benefits. After all, we do have the world's biggest ground gate in our front yard. And to all you Chicago players, consider yourselves called out. The classic St. Louis and Chicago rivalry will spell into the mortal realms. Bring the heat, and we'll see who takes home the I-55 bragging rights. You can pre-register for the Gateway Open at gatewayopen.com. The event pack should be posted by early April. Oh, wrote this a long time ago. The event pack is up. Tournament pack should be up within the next month or so. You can shoot me questions at battleshockstudios at gmail.com. Lindsay, Alex, Dave, keep up the good work and hit me up next time you're in the loop. I'll buy you some dose of gravioli. Well, there you go, Poss Hoss. Um... Okay, so um, St. Louis, see, now there you go, because I went to Southern Illinois University for a year, and there was the Chicago people and the St. Louis people, and boy, there was rivalry. Well, I mean, you also got to look at, like, hockey and baseball if it's really a sport. So, I mean, I don't know. Chicago and St. Louis, I mean, I don't know. I don't see Chicago and St. Louis as much as I see, like, Chicago and Green Bay or Chicago and Detroit, but... Or Chicago and Milwaukee. Chicago and Milwaukee, really? Yeah. Well, baseball. I watch more baseball than I watch hockey. I don't I don't watch a lot of hockey. I, I can't skate. I'm not very oh, good at fighting. Either. And every time I watch the Hawks, they lose. So, I, but I was actually banned from watching the Hawks by my family and my, and the the PE coaches at my work. So, no, oh, there's something. Literally, haven't seen them win a game in like two years or three oh, years. Boy. 
Okay. So. All right. So you don't watch the Hawks, and that's okay. I, I haven't. I stopped. Uh, so yeah, yeah. But no, that would totally be. I mean, it's not like I was watching game. every game anyway. I mean, I just you know I don't. I don't you you may not now. I realize this may be hard to believe. I'm not much of an athlete, and I don't no. watch. And I don't watch a lot of sports. I just. Not something that really grabs me by the boo boo and keeps my attention. I will listen to the ball game on the radio because, hey, I like the Cubs. But that's about it. Sometimes I watch a Bears game, but there's not much to watch there. I mean, you know. Oh, boy. Nope. So that's no, that. No, that is so. not a no. Oh, yeah. boy. All right. So we have another voicemail. We then? do. And I am going to play that one for you right now. What? Now? Now, hold on. Reload. Here we go. Hey, Dave and Alex. This is Joe from Jersey. I was calling because I'm a long-time listener, and I think your show is awesome. And uh, it carries me through my travels during the day. I travel about an hour and a half each way to work. So uh, your show is great. It a lot of great content and uh, keeps me excited about Age of Sigmar. I've been a long-time listener. I uh, started listening back in 8th edition, and uh, it's helped me with my friends stay pretty connected to what's going on in the uh, in the scene, and just really appreciate the work that you do, and I know it's not hard, I mean, not easy, so uh, I just want to give you a call, and uh, thank you for all the hard work that you do, and uh, looking forward to getting into Age of Sigmar after the 8th edition drop, we kind of fell off, but think uh, because of your podcast and my enthusiasm from your podcast, I've been able to coax my friends to kind of get back into it, so in the future, I'll definitely be uh, listening intently, waiting for your shows to drop, so I have something to listen to on the way to work, so thanks again, and uh, hope to listen to you again soon. Hour and a half drive to work, oh man, to and from, that's three hours a day. I mean, I put in a fifty-minute drive each way, so I feel you, brother. But so I'm about forty-five, so like my round trip is like his way to work. So yeah, that's just harsh. Oh goodness gracious me! So, but thank you very much for the call, and Lindsay. Yes, thanks, Lindsay. Lindsay wants us all to know that she appreciates that that no one's forgotten her. I haven't well, every- forgotten you either. Just because I don't introduce you in the beginning of every show, ask gets mad if I'm going to introduce you and not him. That's just rude. Come on, Lindsay, cut it out. Sorry. She gets mad sometimes because she's not featured as much in the show. Ah. I can't okay. help it. I, I, I don't know. You don't watch hockey. You don't particularly care for hockey, but we have a al- Canadian albino hockey puck. Is like the unofficial mascot, and it lives in the crypt with you. Well, yeah, so. hey, you know, well, you know, Six Squared Studios is a Canadian company, and then oh, so they send me a hockey puck, and it's got the it's got a face on it and everything, you know. I know she's adorable. She is, and she's sitting right here, so she keeps me she keeps me company. So well, it is good. All right, so um. I think that's it. I think we're going to take a break. Uh, got all the show introductions and stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, uh, before we take that break, I, you know, I'm kind of excited about today's show. Um, this is not the type of episode 
we normally do here on Garage Hammer. Um, and and I am I'm excited for two reasons. One is we've been getting all these emails from people asking, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm coming here from 40k and I'm listening to your show because I heard after Eleanor and help me help me, you know, where's the filth? Just, uh, I, I don't know. I you know, I, I don't. I really don't. I know like two two things, and that's not enough. But so you, Alex, have have offered to take the lead here, and I've got like almost four pages in eleven point font of. List building goodness. So, I was I was shocked and stunned, and I'm excited to go through some of this stuff and talk about because I may have to. I'll try to incorporate some of that so that next time we get together and play, I have a better chance. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Between the two of us, you're the one that won the most recent tournament. So, yeah, I I, yeah. Well, you know, actually, well. You've, yeah. won all, you've won almost well, you all of my one-day events. I haven't true. won anything since. Uh, that's true. Although you you did, you have, I mean, you pretty much win almost all my one-day events, which, and that's not even the fix. That's just, you just kicking butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and Wenger come in, and it's like the ringers on the team. Everybody else is like, uh-oh. Mm. So, but, hey, whatever so works, right? Exactly. 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 Puberty justice. So listen, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have uh, the Garage Hammer News and the Toolbox, which, of course, is brought to you by Chaos Superstore. Chaos Superstore. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. Something like that. Hmm. It works. Oh, boy. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> so, releases. What are we talking about? We got more I, There's not well, overlords. Okay. Overlords are now completely released. Um, And it was, you know, they had a couple of, of high-ticket items with the uh the frigate and the uh ironclad so they released it over like a good four weeks so mm-hmm. uh, but it was kind of nice spread out you didn't have to drop too much cash in one week you can go to the game store in several we- weeks in a row and, and drop all your cash so but it's all out now so now go get your overlords list and go get five of those 
the the chemists and and run your filth until they go and say that you can't stack them all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because that was filth too. But it's kind of fun. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and everybody's and then we, converting up those, converting up the sky hooks or the whatever the hook is that that's really good. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of conversion with that army, just because in each of the kits you only get one of the special weapon options. Um, so if you want to do like a whole twenty pack of thunderers with the mortars or the cannons, you're going to have to do a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of conversion. Yeah. Yep. 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 So. But I'm not too worried about all that stuff because I'm working mostly on my Stormcast still because I'm just hooked on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to get a little tired of painting Stormcast, but a little there's, bit. Still, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It just beats you down. Um, these are big models, and it's a lot of the same steps over and over again. And it's just like, am I going to be done with these things? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. That's where I'm getting with this. It's like I've got. I mean, this is they're gonna. They're, it's gonna. They're gonna. I'm gonna have a legion soon. Mm-hmm. It's just getting crazy. Um, but so oh, okay, overlords are released, and and that's cool. And we'll see. You know, I'm expecting this to be the last big drop for at least a few months. You know, give people time to get caught up on stuff. Forty k is gonna drop. You're gonna have a little gap, and then you're gonna have the general's handbook, and then. You'll probably see a bunch more stuff coming out for 40k, unless mm-hmm. it goes 40k, unless it goes eighth edition, and then a lot of books for 40k, and rather than a month like we were thinking, it winds up being two months for the general handbook, and then that means no no new stuff till like August. Mm. Well, Honestly, I mean, the summer playing with what we've got. I mean, we could, and like on the rumor engine, we've seen things that are like definitively skaven looking yep um so i don't think they're quite done with this yet but no we'll no. see i think there's something coming but yeah i'll take whatever man it's 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 it's, it's so much fun right now i'm just just mm-hmm. you know send us whatever you'd like <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just you know it's i'm like scrooge mcduck i can just swim right through all the books and the and the and the models and all that stuff and just it, there's so much of it there it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they've got the 40k release, and they've got the new Primaris Space Marines. Yeah, the Stormcast Eternals in 40k. Apparently, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, no, they're they're sweet looking models. Um, I'm curious to see actual scale of them because they're quite a bit bigger than the standard Marine, as far as I can tell. Um, I just read that they're going to be bigger than Terminators, height-wise. Um, well, I mean, yeah, they, it looks like they probably will be. And I'm wondering what else they're going to come out with for the Primaris, because, you know, Gilliman's like, oh, we need to boost these guys to get them ready for my special elite task force. And so now you're going to have... Indomitus Crusade and everything. Right. And they've got some sort of special pattern dreadnought that I guess they're coming out with, so... Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a whole bunch of stuff, and so... And boy, talk about the neck bearding that's going on! Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. This is, I don't want to buy a whole new army. You don't have to. It goes, but then it's going to look stupid. Oh, then don't buy it. But I have to. Then quit complaining. But I have to. That's I don't get it. It's like it's oh, the internet being the internet. It's what it does. Basically, yeah. I don't know. 
in any event, it'll be fine. But I think we'll they look just cool. New models to play with, and everything yeah. will be okay. Yeah, but you know, people say, "Oh, it's the true scale. This is what Marines should look like. All the Marines should look like this." Wait, you just said you don't want me to eliminate your old Space Marine Army? Yeah, but now that they did it, they're going to slowly fade out. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Mm-hmm. So. And let's move away from that because I don't want to be negative towards people who are who like to be negative. Just say, let you know, let let if you're happiest when you're miserable, then you know, God bless you. Um, Clap your hands. Oh, exactly. Um, what else? Oh, Death Zone season two book should be out by the time this drops. Yep, and they got the Goblin team coming out. And... Yeah, yeah, three team yeah. list on that. Ah, Blood Bowl so much fun. I wish I had more time to play it. I wish I didn't roll so many ones. I'd play it more often. <laughs> uh, use your garage hammer dice. You'll be fine. It doesn't matter. Whenever oh. I play Blood Bowl, like I've played four or five seasons of Blood Bowl. It doesn't matter. Ones find me when I play Blood Bowl. It doesn't matter the team. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. The ones find me. So, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Well, we'll just keep playing some... Uh AOS and then throw in some 40k when we can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but that's honestly that's about it. It's kind of quiet. Like everyone's just waiting because I mean every day there's new drops on the community page for what's gonna whatever is gonna be happening with with Eighth Edition. And dude, I'm mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Like you know they've simplified some of the rules. It seems they've streamlined them. They've made it more like AOS, but it's not the same. It's totally not the same. Um, some They've got some really cool stuff going on there, and it is very different from Age mm-hmm. of Sigmar. It is more like Age of Sigmar than, than it was before, obviously. But um, It know, is not like a fantasy, or 40K, or a sci-fi version of AOS. Right. The systems aren't compatible, and people have been talking like, oh, man, they should just make it compatible. No. No, no. I don't want to just play this game and have the armies be interchangeable. Yeah. You know? Except so, for demons. I mean, that goes without saying, but... Yeah, okay, chaos, I don't care. Like, that can be interchangeable. But the rest of it, no, keep it its own game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're honestly taking some of the best parts of Age of Sigmar and just moving them over. I mean, they've still got that to hit chart, but it's way simplified now. Mm-hmm. You know? if uh, What is it? If I'm... If I'm uh, equal or higher than you, I hit on... Well, no, if I'm equal or less, I hit on fours. No. How does that work again? Wait. If I'm equal or better, I hit on fours. If I'm W, I hit on threes. And then uh, something like that. And then if I'm less than you, I don't remember. No, what was it? Now I'm annoyed. But, I mean, the chart was simple. It was like four numbers. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm still I'm still reserving judgment on it. I have a lot of naysayers in my shop um, that are all grumpy about it. And it's like, well, all my books are invalidated. It's like we did that two years ago. Suck it up, Buttercup. It's gonna be okay. Um, Every time a new book comes out, your old book's invalidated. I've got shelves and shelves of invalidated. Who cares? You, yeah. you know that's gonna happen. When uh, you know that's going to happen when you buy the book, I mean, it's just going to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's only renting space, right? But 
realistically, it's just like this is just part of the game cycle. And if they're going to make this game more enjoyable than what it is currently, because I have a hard time wanting to play 40K because there's just too much. I mean, I had a couple of guys at the store a couple of weeks ago, and each one of them slipping through four different books, and it's just complete and utter, I don't even understand it. No, it's just ridiculous. I don't understand how you do it. I don't understand how you even write a freaking army list. But whatever. So I look at the rules now, and it's like they've got the power levels plus the points levels, so you can kind of play quick, throw some things together, or or get down to the to the minutest details that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the I don't, it's just I don't know. I, I everything that they're putting out there on those little daily drips. Oh, that looks good. That looks good too. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds good. That works. That works. Yeah, so, they're doing it the right way. So yeah. Um, right. I'm not complaining. Then, Although now, oh, we have gotten a couple. I've gotten some messages on social media, and some people asking, and I got a couple of voice—not uh, voice, a couple of emails asking. Um, are we going to start doing uh, 40k podcasting since I've got a Space Marine Army and all that? And um, the answer is no, no, no. This is an Age of Sigmar podcast. Will we occasionally talk? I mean, we're talking about it now. Oh, we occasionally talk a little bit about it. Yes. Might there be a garage gamer once in a great while if something big is coming up that we wanted to talk about? Yes, but there'll be nothing regular. Um, mm-hmm. And my figuring is there's there's a lot of 40K podcasts out there already. And there's uh, going to be a lot more coming. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. Oh, look, no. I'm going to do this now because it's, it looks like it might be cool. So, I mean, there's so many. I mean, literally in the last two weeks, I've seen announcements – or startups of like five or six new 40K podcasts just because the new edition is coming out. And I'm just like, no, no, uh-uh, no, I'm not. I, I, You know what? Like I said, if you want to listen to a 40, if you want to know about 40K, you know, you've got the guys from Frontline Gaming, Reese and them, doing a show like twice a week. Um, you know, Ken Hammer Chris does 40K and Fantasy. And then you got the independent characters. Uh, honestly, I mean, you don't really need to listen to too much more. And there's still a ton more, but you got that right there. Is, I mean, what am I going to add? That's a plethora right there. <laughs> yeah. And I what mean, are two noobs going to add to that? Right. I mean, Can Hammer Chris with his Pimp My List segment and stuff like that, those guys, uh, you know, they got your, your hardcore play to win gaming. And if you're a story stinker, then you listen to Carl and Adon and the guys on independent characters. And on seriously, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm not jumping onto this bandwagon. I will play. I will have fun with this game, but uh, there will not be a. There will not be a you know super duper, forty uh, k. You know we're not going to do forty k garage hammer. Just nope, no. So, but I just thought I'd make sure everybody knew that because I did get I forgot about that earlier that we got those you know people asking about it because apparently there's a lot of new 40k podcasts starting. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so I guess we should move on to the toolbox. Yeah, and that is brought to you by Chaos on Silverstone. Yeah. Um. So, what have you been up to? How's your hint, Nintberg? Or 
Oh, you know what? Okay, this is going to be one of the worst toolbox sections on the planet. Like since since we've been doing these, um, I just uh, I lost it. I had the I had the mojo. I had it, and it's gone. Uh, and it's gone because of that damned frigate. Um, Sucks the life right out of you. Okay, painting it was beautiful, and I had a wonderful time. It took a long time, but man, it looks nice. Like I'm like I like this, and like I said, the Duncan, how to paint up your storm, uh, paint up your Arcanaut class. Like I could, I could knock out a ten pack of Arcanauts in in one or two sittings, one or two sessions, you know. Uh, and have mm-hmm. them to a good, to what I consider a decent tabletop standard. Now, are they gorgeous? Are they beautiful? Am I going to get compliments from the Minnesota crew when they look at them? No, they'll just be polite and say they look nice. But nobody's <laughs> going to be that impressed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but they'll be ta- they'll be a quality tabletop standard. Like uh, like on the paint checklist of tournaments, I should be able to get full points or or it, well, okay, if it's an Adepticon style list. Where there's more, you can only get so many points. There's more points to get than you can get. If you know what I mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I could, I could totally, you know, I think this is an army I could totally get full points with. Um, if it's one of those where, you know, like at Wapaka, where only like the top couple armies get the full points, everybody else comes close. I can, I can come close, and I'd be proud of that and happy with that. Um, but it's, you know, it's not. I'm not going to be winning any awards with it. But here's okay. Here's what happened. I paint this thing for like over a week, and I got that that little you know the flight stand, the nice little curvy flight stand, and man, it just doesn't seem like it's going to hold up under the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get the ball socket in there, and the whole thing's just not quite working. I said, you know, I'm going to magnetize this. I bought those back to basics bases, which I don't even mm-hmm. know if back to basics is still doing their thing because I haven't ordered in a long time. But man, everything I've got, even the old metal models and stuff like those back to basics bases. Held true because they come with those rare earth magnets. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I get the, the, you know, it's got a square magnet in the base, the bottom, in the top of the flight stand, and a round one to fit into the model. Okay. So it's got that ball. I get that, I get the round one in there and I make sure that it's, you know, it's kind of fills up the socket and gets it in there so that it's, so it's not going to pop out, not going to fall off. Um, it's not quite flush with it. It sticks out just a little bit, so I know it's going to reach the magnet. And then I go and I get that all in there, and it's, you know, it takes some time, and, man, it's ready. And so then I put the base together, and I put the put the frigate on the base, and it falls right off. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm not even thinking about this, right, because I've never had a model this big on a flight stand. They're rare earth magnets, but they're small. Mm-hmm. And the thing's just too darn heavy. Like yeah, the it's two magnets, yeah, it's too, it's a big boat and it's too darn heavy, and so it's falling out. So I'm like, Ugh. all right, so now what I got to do? Well, let's try to you know got to fix this, you know I got to, except I don't have a flight stand right now because mine's cracked. So um, I actually had to get I'm trying to get a new flight stand for it. Meanwhile, I have done such an amazing job of getting that stupid magnet into the that. That socket on the bottom of the ba- of the shit the frigate that I can't get it out. Like I'm trying to drill and the drill's sliding all over because I'm trying to drill out the magnet. Uh, and I'm trying to drill around the magnet and it's kind of, I'm going to start eating up the plastic pretty soon. 
Uh, so then I got clippers, and I'm just trying to cut everything flat at least so I could try to glue some of that. And it's like, okay, nothing's going to glue it, so maybe I could build up some green stuff around it and make a solid thing to hold, but it's so heavy that the green stuff goes around the base, and I'm going to let it dry real good, and I'm going to glue that to that, and I'm going to epoxy it so it'll hold, but then the green stuff part just cracks off of the actual boat. And that was like 10 days ago. I haven't even been in the basement since then. Like, I put the thing down. I was so close to, like, I kept trying to drill and I was pressing and I actually started, like, I almost broke off some of the parts because it was putting too much pressure trying to hold it and drill it. And I, I, I left. I haven't hobbied in, like, almost 10 days because I'm just like, I, I can't handle this. Like, it, it broke me. It broke me. Now, now Sunday, my father-in-law's coming over so we can go see Smoking a Bandit. And he's got some of those hole drillers, you know, like the, mm-hmm. you put the bits on the end of the drill and drill that circle. And he's, yeah. he's bringing over the whole kit down to the smallest ones. So I'm going to see if I've got one that's just slightly larger than the size of the magnet. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to use that and see if I can just kind of drill and clear out the space around it enough to get something in there and rip it out and then clean it out and try again. Um, but it's like, and I, I mean, I hate to complain. You know, it's like, oh, poor hobby or white tech, you messed up a part. Dude, that model is not cheap. And no, that, it's and, not. And, you know, and I'm going to say this. I, I didn't even pay for it. GW sent it to me. Okay? I'm not going to lie. GW sent me the model and said, hey, build it up, show it to you. And I'm embarrassed now. Like, I can't send out pictures of it because I messed it up. And the model itself doesn't look messed up, but I can't put it on a base. So now it's just kind of sitting on its side on my hobby table. And I'm trying desperately to drill this part out without completely messing up this model. And it's like I've never done this before. I've, I mean, you mess up, you know, you mess up an infantry model, and you're like, okay, now I'm kind of screwed. I don't have like the right number for the unit or something like that. Or else you got to try to do a weird fix with some green stuff. This is a frigate. This is an expensive friggin friggin'. big model. Yeah. And it's like and I can't. I, and you know what it is? It's I, it's beyond my. Ability to fix like I'm literally calling my father-in-law over who like Does like construction work on his house like he rewires his home. He does his own construction He he this is a guy who buys shells of older cars and then builds the engines and like just basically rebuilds cars like that's his hobby and he's coming over. <laughs> I'm like, hey, do you think you could help me like figure out how to get this? Because he's like amazed. Like he looks at the way I paint this stuff. And he's like, I could never do that. And it's like, yeah, but you build cars in your spare time. Like you have like real world skills. Don't. What are you talking about? So he's gonna try to help me fix this on Sunday because I I, just, I got too frustrated. I can't even paint. I come down here and I look at that thing and I'm like, Ugh, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Like it 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 broke me until I can get this fixed and handled. I don't know. I, it, it's bad. It's just bad. Like it, I, I've never felt this way about the hobby before. Like I'm so distraught over this model. Like you know, I've never ruined a model before, and that's, this isn't technically ruined, but man, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I, I apologize for droning on about this, but I, I, if you, I'm upset. <laughs> like, no. We couldn't tell. Um, but no, it's an upsetting situation because you have this model that, for all intents and purposes, is a very integral part of your collection. It's a big centerpiece model. And for you, it's a little bit tarnished now. So, no, no, we, it's understandable. I mean, I'd certainly I mean, be I, upset too. If I can find a way to make it work without looking stupid, I'll be happy. You know, but mm-hmm. right now, that's it's like, all you can ask for. 
I get, I'm, it's just, I, I find myself getting frustrated. I'm sitting there with the drill and I'm trying to drill around it and stuff. And I'm like, it's starting to slip. I mean, I've already had to go and touch up the paint around the part twice because it's starting to mess up. And I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm just, oh no, I, I'm sorry. I had to put it down. I had to put it down and walk away. So that's what you got to do. I was painting some Dracothian guard before like, I kept putting it down and said, I have to paint. And so mm-hmm. and I'm getting good at painting the, the Drakoths actually. <laughs> Using the Duncan method? Yes, of course. Thank you, Duncan. Like, I got the little list, and I wrote down the little steps, but, they're, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you do it a couple of times. It's like, oh, I'm, start, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get it. Like, I'm a visual learner. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he, he talks about it, but watching him actually do it on the videos, mm-hmm. it's like I, I can see what he's doing, and it helps me do it. A little better. I, I got to find someone who does that, like seamless blending, and and watch that. Like actually, just watch them doing it. And that that's because that's like the, one of the things that I want to learn how to do is that nice smooth blending, like Hastings does. You know, how mm-hmm. everything. You know, I just need to find because everyone tells you how to do it, and it makes no sense. I, I hear it, and I can't do it. I need to watch that happen. But watching Duncan. Uh, do his stuff. I mean, I did the entire frigate, and I think it looks pretty good. And I, I had no video or anything. Just ha- having all the stuff I learned from painting my stormcast, watching him. I took that when I went moved on to, to painting the frigate, and you know, it's the, you don't have all the transitions and all the the super stuff, but it's it's it's. I did, you know, I did a pretty good job. I mean, I'm pleased with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's pretty cool. But uh, so that's that's where I am. I did paint some some Drakoth riders, at least the Drakoths. I'm working on them. But yeah, I haven't done anything since about three days after we recorded last because I, I I just can't handle it. So, what about you? Hopefully, you have better news than I do. Um, yeah, just knocking on some more Stormcasts. I've got um, an Azeros and a Judicator, or my third Judicator right now. I should have them done this weekend but there's still uh there's still more um <laughs> i still have to finish a uh, lord celestin on foot and a few other things from midwest meltdown in july right um so yeah there's there's a lot and then the secret project continues there's a lot of work with the secret project so very nice it's secret work it's a lot project. it's just Stormcast are one of those things that, like, I really enjoy playing the army. I really, really do. But sometimes painting them, it's like, what step am I on? Oh, the second to last one? Yeah, I don't want to go anymore. You know what? Painting anything over and over and over again will slowly get to you, which is why you got to have that that other sort of project to step away and do a few things on and then come back. The problem is sometimes you step away and you get interested in that and don't want to come back. That's the thing, because it's like I work on other projects, and the Stormcast are still like, hi, Dad, you got to finish me. Yeah. I'm over here. Look at me. Look at me. And it's like, I don't want to paint you anymore. I'm done painting metal. I've Leave got, me alone. I've got like, I'm seriously, I've got six or seven characters and then like eight boxes of things. I mean, I've got the Dragon. Mm-hmm. I've got the Celestin Prime. I've got the couple of boxes of Dracoth Riders. I've got extra... You know, judicators, and and now I need to go and get some more prosecutors so I can have the javelins because 
All I have are the ones that came in the box sets, and apparently the Javelins are much cooler and better. Which is what I learned from you when they smashed. Mm -hmm. They do what? Everybody said these were the good ones. Everyone lied to you. Everyone lied a lot. (laughs) But it's all good. Um, So, no, that's really been it for me hobby-wise. It's uh, just been slow, steady, and keep going. Um, You got any gaming or reading or other you want to discuss? Um, I mean, I've gotten in some games more with the Stormcast. Um, and I got in a game with my Tomb Kings. Um, <laughs> what are those? Yeah, I, I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> I really don't. Because um, I tried them out, and it's like, I don't understand what people are jazzed about. But then I don't have Cetra, and I only have six snakes. So, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much as... Um, I enjoy the Stormcast, but I don't know. It's just it's also a level of hobby motivation. Yeah, I, I don't want to paint any more skeletons. Um, but to even make battle line, I have to paint more skeletons. It's like, can I just be done? Go away. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, and I kind of get that with my Death Army as well. Like I was super excited to like rebase them and get them going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they do play a little different now, and uh, yeah, and I think we're going to touch on that in the main segment. Yeah, um, because I mean, as anyone will tell you, if you listen to anybody else on the internet, death is not where the rest of them are right now. No, and I mean, but that doesn't really matter to me. It's just they're not as fun as they were to play. Like, there's a couple of really tough lists you could build. I mean, uh, McClure has shown us that you could play Flesh Eater Courts and and smash face with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can... I just... It's just... It's a lot harder to get into it now because I don't think they're nearly as dynamic as they used to be. No, they're Um, not. And they're not as dynamic as other armies and forces in the game right now. So, I don't know. I think they have potential. It's just I don't have the collection to play that dynamic level of play. Right. And like I said, I mean, even when they were popular, and, you know, I was taking massive zombie grow lists with with blocks of Graveguard, you know, when everyone else was taking night buses. Um, And just, I guess my style of play that I loved to play with vampire counts you really can't. I mean, you could you can do it in if you want to play some narrative open play, but yeah. basically, you have to bend or break so many of the sort of standardized rules that we've gotten to to a point of all accepting at this point to play that sort of a growth list where it it, it I almost feel like I'm cheating and I don't know if my opponent's going to be having as much fun. Like you know, not being able to grow past your starting size. Well, I mean, that's great, and I get that it keeps points equal, but, you know, I started off with three units of 20 to 30, usually 30 zombies, and then by the end of the game, I'd have almost 200 on the board, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's, you know, they were they were junk, but but they were, they, they tar-pitted everything, and it was kind of, it was just, it was, that was the style I like to play, and it, it's this this version is not conducive to that, and I'm not complaining about that per se. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I realize that none of the lists we used to play, play you know, that way edition, anymore. Yeah, um, 
but that was what I loved about that was just the never-ending masses just coming back of the junk and just pogging down. And you, it's it's not even that that's not effective. It's you literally cannot do that mm-hmm. by the rules anymore. Um, so they've been sitting off on the side. Yeah, you know. And I keep telling myself I'm going to get to them and rebase them and want to do them. And it's like until something happens that makes that that army more dynamic, I, I just don't see myself picking it up again. Yeah, unless it's flesh eaters, I think that is an exception to the dynamicism that death is lacking. I think flesh eaters probably hit that the most, but yeah, then you have to play mono flesh eaters to really get the most bang out of it. Which which is still cool. Um, and the problem I run into with that is that I have 120 ghouls and they're all mantic ghouls because I didn't like the old ghouls. Um, yeah. But now you look at all the other parts to that army that look a lot like that ghoul model. And so, like, that ghoul model, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense to me in the old version with the new fluff, that model does make more sense now. Like, it's, start, yeah. like it's starting to grow on me. Like, I'm starting to like that model. Um, and the Mantic models, which were the ones I liked before, which looked more like feral humans as opposed to monsters, mm-hmm. now they don't fit the fluff and the look in the story anymore. No. And so it's like, uh, you know, there was, I only liked two Mantic models, the ghouls and the zombies. And now the ghouls I look at and go, oh, these are no good anymore. So now it's like, yeah. I'd have to go out and buy myself, you know, five or six or seven boxes of ghouls and start painting that over again. Um, and you know, I don't even want to start thinking about rebuilding zombies, not because I don't want to, but because I have a feeling GW is going to put some out eventually. At some point, I think they're going to replace that kit and it's about freaking time. When well, and that's do. the thing. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's one of, if not the oldest kit they've still, they're still making. And they're God awful. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, but I just feel like it's like, and you know, I look at my Mantic zombies and I'm like, hmm. You know, I, I I really like them, and by comparison, they're way better. But I just I know deep down that GW is going to come out with their own zombies, and that's going to be the last kit from Mantic that I really like that I'm not even going to bother with anymore once those new zombies come out from GW. And Absolutely. so you know that'll then so it's like I don't even want to start doing that. So it's like it's literally that whole army's just way on the back burner. Like oh yeah. I'm not even looking at it, which is a shame because, man, I loved it. You mm-hmm. know, I played that longer than I played my dwarves, you know? So, yeah. we'll see. But we'll get to the whole list, list buildings and problems with list buildings later. But, yeah. So. Lament for a death player. Yeah, it's sad. So, how'd your, how'd your Tomb Kings game go anyway, since I totally sidetracked us into me, me, me again? I was knocked off the table in three turns. Ouch. Uh, and I was playing against my mono fire slayer um, regular up here. And the snakes went in and they took a unit of Volkites off. And he's like, oh, man, I can't kill the snakes. I can't kill the snakes. And there's like four or five of them left um, out of the six pack. And I'm like, will you shut up? <laughs> Roll the dice and you'll understand that these things are not all that in the bag of potato chips. So he's like, well, I can't win. There's no way I can kill them and the Sphinx. It's like, shut up. I have no skeletons left. 
All I have left is, you know, the snakes unit and a sphinx and my characters and a three-pack of chariots. You good, bro. (laughs) And then the next turn, he gets the turn. And suddenly it went from, I can't kill the snakes to, oh, they're all dead. And, oh, your chariot's dead. And your sphinx is next. It's like, oh, well, cool. Good game, bro. So it's just one of those things. It's like, shut up, play the game, and don't beat yourself because if he had given up at the end of turn two it's like i can't beat you it's like you just cost yourself a win dude yeah no but kidding you you, yeah, you cost yourself when you talked him into winning um so when he was playing yeah. with the he was playing with the fire slayers was he using the uh the suggested new cheaper points list we've been experimenting back and forth between both um and we've kind of come to the determination that what kind of feels right is new points, but without the Lords of the Lodge formation, because that formation is really, really powerful um, with the turn order manipulation more than anything. Um, because for when you get to that turn to roll, you can try to steal initiative and get a plus one bonus for each hero of the three you have to take oh, that wow. are still alive. So you can either guarantee a double turn or deny your opponent a double turn. Goodness. So so you come to a friendly agreement, though, at least, hey, we're just not going to take that. Well, unless we say, you know, it's like, you know, all, all bars off, just go for it. And, I mean, that's fine. It's just, again, social contract. Talk to your opponent before you play the game. Sure. And everything is fine. Well, he'll take that. You'll so. take the hammer strike force, and we'll see what we can do then. Oh, it's gross. It's so gross. But we'll talk about that. Love it. So. All right. Um, All right. Let's see. I I don't really have any reading or other. I've been just grading papers, and uh, I did go mm-hmm. see. Uh, I did go see Alien Covenant last night. Yeah, how was that? It's better than Prometheus. Mm. Wouldn't take much. No, not really. Um, you know what? I kind of liked a bunch of it. Like, it's a two-hour movie, and it's about an hour before you get to the actual aliens but there was still a lot of cool stuff in there. And mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender was great. But it literally well, does... Well, Fassbender. Come yeah. on now. But it really does... I mean, it, it is a sequel to Prometheus. And uh, you know what I like about Ridley Scott was he really listened to the audience. Like, he took all the people's complaints about what they didn't like about Prometheus and said, well, I kind of thought you would like this, but since you don't, I'll give you what you're asking for. And, I mean, he kind of did what GW's been doing. And he's just really listening and... You know, put in a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool things in that movie, and I don't want to throw any spoilers in, so I'm not going to say it. I did have a couple of questions. There were a couple of gaping holes here and there, um, but there weren't nearly as many as in Prometheus. There was just a couple. I went, wait a minute. In fact, I we, there was a bunch of people in the theater. I didn't even know these people, but I walked out, and they were all just standing around talking. And mm-hmm. I was kind of I was waiting to get a refill on my pop, and I was kind of listening to them. And I said, hey, guys, I don't mean to interrupt, but, you know, when he did Black Bloop, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, if if why would why in the world would you blip blap blip? And he's like, they're like, oh, I'm like, I'm not trying to ruin it for anybody. I was I ran to the bathroom at one point during the movie. I want to know if I missed something. Like, nope, nope, that totally makes no sense. I'm like, okay, good. I, there is a hole there. I just I don't want to make fun of it. I just was like, you know, because I was really enjoying the film, but there was a couple of one two things in, in there that you still I'm still scratching my head about. But uh, overall, it had some exciting stuff. It kind of explained a little bit more. Um, but not quite enough. Mm. 
Okay. But um, like I said, I kind—I think I, I think I liked it. Like I, I went in there so prepared to hate it, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't hate it at all. <laughs> like it's just I didn't hate. So it's like, well, did I like it or did I not hate it? I'm still. It's it's been only 24 hours. I'm still trying to process it, but um, you know, it, there was. I think I liked it. <laughs> I think. I think I did. There was there was there was. There was a good bit of Ridley Scott in this one without him going just way over to the left field that I wasn't expecting him to go to. So That's good. So I think that's about it. We got anything else? We're going to take a break. We've been doing this for 40 minutes now, and it's our listeners need, need to rest their ear holes, I think. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. All right, so let's take a break. Right. And now when we come back, we're going to come back with our main topic, which is... Uh, competitive play and and, ba- and list building, I guess, because we've been getting all these requests. For, I don't know why people are sending me questions about how to build lists. I really don't, but we'll, we'll figure it out when uh, when we come back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back. Yes, that's right. We're back. We are back here with you, Alex, David. Ready. Ready to go. In a world with lots of AOS podcasts, David and Alex were ready to conquer competitive play. I think that. I don't know if I really like, you know, deceiving people up off the gate that just. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? Okay, this is how the discussion went, folks. And I blame Logan if this episode is a failure. So, so it's on you, Logan. Yeah, all the can hammer guys. We got calls from multiple can hammer guys, and then I mean, and I got, but I got, you know, I get, I get emails, and I'm like, dude, I really not the guy. Like, I've literally responded with, "Hey, I'm not the guy." Um. I've gotten people messaging me on Facebook or sending, you know, I, I, I can I can offer advice, but mm-hmm. uh, take that advice with a grain of salt because, uh, you know, I don't play that many different armies and I'm not much into the, you know, 
I'm not much. I take what I like, you know. Mm-hmm. But literally every tournament I've taken Stormcast to, half of my list I've taken is not. I know it's not optimized, but these are the models I have. You know, I have a right. lot of starter set models. I have prosecutors with with uh, javelins and not with the. You mean prosecutors with hammers uh, and not javelins? Yes, I mean yeah, prosecutors with hammers and not yeah. javelins. Yes, or tridents. Because mm, uh, money, yeah. Because this is what they came with, and I just really like prosecutors, and I realize mm-hmm. I'm taking suboptimal things, but these are no, the models I no. have and like. And uh, so, I'm, I'm, once again, story stinker. Why are you asking me these things? But I think um, this would be great because you know, uh, we yeah. This 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 will round out the show, make it more well rounded, so people who. Only want to hear about competitive play can listen and be like, hey, that that, that was pretty good. Or, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of emails out of Detroit over this episode, but we'll <laughs> see. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not um, as good as the three of those particular gentlemen. Um, but in any event, we're going to do our best. Yep. Um, so when we're talking about competitive play, I'm not necessarily talking a tournament environment. Um but it's just playing competitively if you want to play um, even in a narrative environment where you're trying to win for your story. Um, you can take some of these concepts. Um, but largely we are going to talk about uh, like going to tournaments and high-level tournament play. Um, so I'm not going to tell you what to buy for your particular army because any idiot can – tell you what to buy just by reading a war scroll and saying, yeah, that's obviously obnoxious. And the obvious obnoxious things that we're going to be talking about is like sail the friendless, um, Setra, a Morangle, Skyfires, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but the big things that we're going to talk about here are like the concepts behind them and what makes them competitive and what makes certain things competitive. Um, and I've kind of broken this down into a couple of main topics. Um, so it's like the reach, force multiplication, spamming, target priority, and denial. Um, as far as like what makes things good as they are. Um, and then we can maybe talk a little bit about um, like playing in general in the managing turn order. Um, maybe at the end, depending on time. Right, and and like here's here's the the thing. Um, if you want to know what the best, you know what what's the best list, you know, I don't know that we that you can. I mean, you can net list a couple of these armies, but not all of them. But if no. you want to know that, go watch Warhammer TV. Watch them cover a big tournament, and then mm-hmm. the next week, just go on their web page because they'll have the winning list. Available yeah. in a bundle. Yeah, and Ben Curry does that a lot um, with uh, tournaments because he asked for all the lists from Adepticon. Um, and I'm sorry, Ben, but I just don't have that in me um, <laughs> to do that. That is a lot. Um, but it's just understanding that you can look at anything, find the net list, and that's great. But if you don't want to play that, but you want to play more competitively with the models that you have. I want to talk about those concepts and how you can play more competitive 
um, understanding why things are the way they are. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is reach. And uh, Dan and Wayne on Heal and Hammer did a good segment talking about this. Um, but just in case you don't, um, the big thing with reach is that we're not just talking about the range of your weapons. Um, so it's like 24 inches for adjudicator um, with a skybolt bow is more like 29 because you get a five inch move and then a 24 inch shot. Um, because right now with how the game is played for most models, you can move and shoot with no penalty. Whereas in eighth edition, we had that in right. editions prior. Um, you got a minus one penalty for moving and shooting and then range and all that stuff. Um, so your realistic threat range is the range of your weapon plus your basic move if you're shooting um, or your charge range um, and like how you can manipulate that. Uh, we're talking about a close combat weapon. Um, like Skyfires are obnoxious because they're lethal at 40 inches because yeah. they have a 24 inch shot, 16 inch move. Um, so that gives them the ability to do different things, um, including deploying defensively, whether it's in cover or keeping out of distance of your ranged weapons um, and line of sight. Now they're pretty tall, but they can still get to spots where you can't affect them until they're ready to affect you. And then they can move into an offensive position and start lighting you up. Yeah. They're um, filth. They really they are. are. They're I mean, under, there's no. a, there's a reason why you're seeing, you know, 16, 15, 21 Skyfire lists and people are smashing tournament face with that list. It, yeah. It's, it's, it needs an adjustment. Because it's yeah, just no, them they are gross. exceptionally undercosted for what they are, and for a lot of the things that we're going to talk about as far as what is and is not competitive, I'm really hoping that GHB two fixes a lot of these costs because for a lot of them they're dramatically undercosted. I've got to believe that they're that th- if if nothing else that the sky fires are going to take a slight adjustment. I wouldn't say it's season. slight. I think it's going to be substantial. Well, I mean, but they will take some adjustment. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not betting on the amount. I'm just betting that it's going to change because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, that's, it's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, the big thing to remember with reach, especially on shooting, if you look at a prosecutor with a javelin, that's a 12 inch move, 18 inch throw. So. It's the same effective reach as a Vanguard Raptor with a long strike crossbow, but the actual range of that Raptor is 30 versus 18 for the Prosecutor. Um, and with the Prosecutor's range, it puts you into more of a risk position because you're closer to the enemy. Right. So you've got to watch that because that means you could be getting charged, you could be getting shot. So, so with- both, both of those models have a 30-inch threat range. Right. But... For the the Vanguard Raptors to get, I mean, they they can stay thirty inches away, mm-hmm. so there there's less chance of them getting counter charged or you know re- return fire and stuff like that. Yeah, Whereas so the other these, guys are going to be a lot closer. I see what you're yeah. saying. I see. With the shorter range weapons, you have to really consider: is the risk worth the reward for getting that close? Because you. When you get close, you put yourself at risk, especially with Age of Sigmar with the dramatic movement that we have now. 
mm-hmm. 18 inches getting tagged at is not unreasonable for a, clo- a combat unit moving and then charging at you. That's well within striking distance for most units that are like faster and combatier. Exactly. Um, so we're not just talking about like shooting. We're also talking about combat and reach. Um, and this is kind of a big area for me where reach and force multiplication uh, kind of touch base. Um, this one often gets referred to as like alpha striking, um, where you get things like sail, cetera, hammer strike force, clan scryer, uh, the warp scorch coven. Um, if you've never played against that, it's in the Grand Alliance Chaos book. You should really pay attention to it. Because that <laughs> thing, when you're hand delivering uh, Storm Fiends without dependence of sail, that's that's rough. Yeah. It really is. So I would definitely take a gander at that one. And that one used not just for shooting, but for combat purposes. Um, because like, you can put the warp fire throwers or whatever on them but them getting that close and with how hard those things can hit um it's not exactly just a gun type scryer formation doesn't work that way no no um so normally what you're gonna see is you're taking a unit that doesn't move very quickly or is fairly squishy and better in high numbers um like blood letters they only have a five up save and they get better the more they have in the unit. Um, and then you're going to make them move and get into combat or to shoot turn one before your opponent gets a response and gets a chance to like dwindle the numbers on the blood letters or anything like that, where it's, I'm going to take Setra, pick up this unit of 30 blood letters, move them 18 inches after I've whipped them. So this way there's a guarantee they're going to get in all buffed up and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So that's what, like an alpha strike is. Okay. Um, so sales, the most notorious one there because he can pick up anything and his spell is so cheap for the cast. It's only a four. So for him to be able to do that, pick up a unit, deliver at 18 and everything. Um, but when you add in like blood stokers, which then gives the unit that he moved plus three on their charge roll, so you have an 18-inch base move from sale, a 3-inch extra charge, so you're at 21 right there. All you need to do is not roll snakes, and you're in. Right. Absolutely. So, you're, and, and Yeah. It, that's, that's another one of those reach-out-and-touch someone situations that nobody wants to be on the receiving end of that. There is nothing fun about that if you're on the receiving end. No, but it's this is... This, and we're going to touch on this at the end of this, but this is just like the basic things of what you're doing with the alpha and understanding how it works. Now, to counter it, you're looking at like bubble wrapping, which is putting a cheap disposable unit in front of your expensive stuff. So this way, the alpha strike can't touch your good stuff. So when you put your army list together, you have to remember that you have... You have to deal with this realistically, especially if you're going to a tournament, because you're going to run into an alpha strike list at some point in a five or six round tournament. Right. So with all armies, you need to really think, how do I defend against an alpha strike and keep myself safe versus um, 
an army that I may not have a chance to respond to except in deployment. Um, so, and then you look at things like um, Cetra with Necropolis Knights and Necrotex. That's why they're this obnoxious because he can make them fly with a double move plus the Necrotech whipping. So that's where his ability got so obnoxious. And that's why when we're looking at the proposed changes in costs, those units both went up the snakes dramatically and then Cetra quite a bit too, because their abilities when you, especially when you put them together um, are just lights out. So um, now this isn't just within that concept, like with, even something not normally seen as competitive, like Moon Clan Grats, outside of the Moon Clan, outside of the Moon Clan formation, where it's all Beast Claw Raider monsters and Moon Clan Grats, just <laughs> you know, screening. Everybody knows what this list is. Yep. yep. Um, but you can even get like the Reach type effect, even with just Night Gob with the Moon Clans, because you get the Fanatics to do a delivery system. So. What you're looking at for this is you get the Ravager Warlord trait on your general to give the Moon Clan unit plus two to the Rampage and Destroyer move. So you're looking at about a five to six average. Then they have a five inch move and then another five to six inch run um, because they get a plus two bonus because they're musician when they run. Cool. You place the Fanatics out an inch, the base is another inch, and then you go. Um, so I mean, it's not super guaranteed, but at a six or eight to make a charge, and then delivering six fanatics. Um, when you think about it, that's like 66 attacks, fours by threes, run two, d3 damage, 21 attacks, 11 hits, eight wounds, 16 ish damage. Jeez. And that's 300 points, and you've delivered two roadblock units in front of your opponent. And this is just Moon Clan Grotz. So this is not necessarily limited to just the powerhouse stuff. This is stuff that's in your basic grand alliance that you can take and just try to do different things this is not rocket science it's just understanding how you make your combinations work exactly so um so there's that one and then summoning i put into reach and summoning is a weird one um i think it gets a bad rap and we were just talking about this with the death um a little bit ago um there is risk to summoning with one notable exception, and we'll get to that in a second. Because um, you need to hit the cast value of the thing you're going to summon. Mm -hmm. And then it has to not get unbound. And then you have to keep your caster alive to even do the trick. So it's a little trickier than other techniques. I get it. But the big thing that you get with summoning is that you're putting a unit onto your opponent's army that wasn't there before and there's no way that they can affect it until it hits the table but because it comes up in your hero phase you then get to buff it whether it's like a shield or command abilities whatever so you now have a fresh unit that wasn't there before and you get to pick the right target for where it's going realistically so it's like if I want um, let's say a unit of Morgast Archai to pop up and I need to start chewing through my opponent's left flank because I'm weaker over there. Throw them out 18. They have to be nine away. Um, 
But there are a lot of units that get bonuses to charges, like the Archai, mm-hmm. like Flesh Hounds. You can get those key summons in because they can more than likely make that charge, whether it's real charging distances or getting a uh, charge on 3d6 with the Archai. So you can get these units to where they're going to be. Um, but the thing is, it doesn't give you the bomb, like a Bloodloader bomb, which yep. is like the 30 models you move with sale because of the summoning restrictions. So you have to really understand your target to get the best results on a summoned alpha strike. Exactly. And then it becomes more like a, a targeted missile versus like a nuclear bomb. Um, it's kind of the difference between the two. Now summoning is risky with the exception of like um, the sort of unholy power for death. Um, I think that's one of those items that gets skipped a lot because it's the concept, oh, you have to save something for summoning. Okay, but I have a sword that says, I auto-summon a Morngul nine inches away from you, Merry Christmas. (laughs) So, okay. Or if I'm taking the gash, and a lot of people say, oh, why are you taking the gash? He's so expensive. He doesn't do anything. Okay. He doesn't do anything. Come on. But he doubles what he summons. Right. So... If you summon two Morghast Archai, that's pretty good. But when you summon four of them for next to nothing, and then they get all their wonderful bonuses from being near Nagash, and they get all their bonuses to charge and everything, it's still a dangerous thing. And none of that involved the Morngul. It just You're still limited. You Nagash. still got to have that put aside, though. And that's part of the thing yeah. is... You know, and it's, I think it's what what a lot of people don't like about Nagash is if I've got to pay for everything, his doubling or tripling or whatever he does, you know, if I think if you roll a 10 or more, it triples the size of some of the things you can bring. I think, well, mm-hmm. do you have points for all this? Can I afford to put this out, you know? Yeah. Um, and with see, the that's, Archive. That's where you get that bad right. rap, how much it hurts. Yeah. But with the Archive, if you're taking a 480-point unit of four Archive and delivering it to where it goes – with all these things you can do to it afterwards, how is it that much of a risk? And then you get the flexibility of, I have 480 points worth of summoning, so, so I can get the exact right tool that I need. It's just, it is a risk. I'm not saying that it isn't. <laughs> um, but it's not a bad strategy. It's not a bad way to go. Because you can make up the difference very quickly True. with a unit of archive flying around and hitting things or it's the archive or the harbingers those are the ones i'm thinking of those are the two swords yes um so that's the basic concepts of reach um is there anything in particular any other examples you're looking for or what do you think uh not you know you've really covered it um you know, the only thing that goes in there that on top of everything else I don't was the, were the guys who can tunnel. Yeah, and that's like the uh, Alpha. That's like the Scorch Coven. Um, so there's some other stuff, or even like the Fire Slayers with a Rune Smiter. Okay, you have to be nine inches away when you pop up, but then the units you're going to be digging for the most part are either going to be the Auric Hearthguard, which are the ones with the guns, so this way they can get to pick their target when you pop up or you get to pop up claim an objective, or you can deliver a substantial unit of Volkite berserkers nine away. And then they get to reroll one of their charge dice um, with their musician. 
or depending on how close they get to the general, uh, depending on how fast he moves, you give them reckless, so they get to re-roll that charge. And delivering a 30 or 40 pack of Volkite Berserkers is not anything to sneeze at, especially if they have the sling shields. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things you can do, and they may not be as obnoxious as the sail or as, you know, 27 Skyfire Joe or whatever, but it's still, you can do it. You just have to be willing to try it and commit to it. Right. And you've got to be willing to take the stink eye from your opponents every once in a while, too. Yeah, but again, manage your expectations, though. If you're going to be playing a friendly game, I would not recommend taking Sale the Friendless. So, I don't know, just understand what you're getting into, especially if you're in a one-off game. If you're going to a tournament, and the tournament says, turn it up, don't be afraid to turn it up. Exactly. Just your expectation is set, turn it up, and just go with it, and be happy playing games. Yeah. Um, so... After Reach, we're going to look at Force Multiplication, and this is not um, something that people are unfamiliar with. If you play most miniature war games, there are some efforts of Force Multiplication in every game. Um, So what this is, is you're taking units and taking combinations and making them do more than what they could normally do. Um, So what that is... Is like whether it's more attacks like the Cunning Ruck. Um, because the whole combination of I get to make a Savage unit shoot twice, plus fives and sixes get me more attacks, plus, plus one to hit. Um, it's just you're doing more than what you could do with just 30 Error Boys. Um, like a Blood Secretor um, with his bubble which is pretty substantial um, because then he gives plus one attack and then depending on how you read it, if it overlaps with another one um, or improving rolls to wound, whether that's re-rolls like a blood stoker or a necrotect to give them re-roll ones to wound. Chemist with the, uh, with the proper, uh, with the proper code. So he's not only giving one extra attack, to one weapon, but then he's giving it to one extra attack to one weapon in two different units, and you yeah. take a couple of those because it doesn't say you can't. Yeah, and uh, now you're giving, you know, the 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 D three wound thirty six inch range mortar, you know, three four five shots from each one, mm-hmm. and you got ten of them in the unit, and it's like oh, you know, you know, or you got two units of five or whatever. And suddenly three ether chemists, you know, 10, literally 10 shots becomes 40. Yeah. You know, and if you go outside of Grand Alliance or outside of Karajan Overlords and go into GA order, you add in a Celestial Hurricaneum. So now those shots are now hitting on threes and there's like 40 of them. Uh, yeah, but it does now. It does cut back though because you're not getting if you're going with the double bubble G order. You're not getting the du- yeah. But then instead, so all you do with that is instead of having two units, you have you one have big one unit, big unit, yeah, and just Merry Christmas. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That's all you're doing, and it's force multiplication. It's getting them to do things more than what they could normally do. Um, Lord I was of War. Literally listening to a show today where 
someone saying, you know, well, I could take up to six characters in the unit, so I'll take all six chemists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then 10, 10 of those guys suddenly become 70 shots. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, the hit, the, the hit's a little high, the to wound is super low, so it's mm-hmm. easy to wound, and they're doing D3 wounds out of 70 shots. They're saying, you, you know, you're going to get something like 20 D3 wounds. Yeah, in there for that person to 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 save, and it's like, oh no, yeah. So there's there is there is filth to be had if you want to play it. Hmm. Um. And Lord of War, when you get to that stacking with a Zangor Shaman, so you have Skyfires doing D three mortal wounds on fours, which is obnoxious. You get the Conan Rock and TK Archers with exploding fives and sixes. Or retributors and executioners. Um, I don't think we talk enough about some of the older things, like executioners that walked over into Darkling Covens. But they're like little mini retributors. Yep. They just happen to be smelly and you know nasty little prick ears. But um, would you get them to do their two mortal wounds on fives or sixes or even fours? To do two mortal wounds, you don't even have to roll at a certain point to wound because you just take them off the table because they have nothing left after you roll to hit. Right. And it um, doesn't have to be these big obvious ones that people talk about doing the huge damage. Um, when we were at Wapaka, I mean, uh, Chad Hansen's goblin list, which which did pretty well, you know, all things mm-hmm. being equal. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it worked. I know we had three units of 60 goblins with bows, not the night goblins. But, but the Git Mob Grots. The, yeah, the Git Mob Grots. He had three units of 60. Um, is it add their, their to hit or their to wound? Because they were like fives by fives. They're a to hit bonus Yeah, with uh, their numbers. And he gets that to hit down to three. But then it's threes by fives, but you got 60 guys in each unit shooting. Um, yep. Then he runs behind one of the units with his, with one of his uh, grot, you know, grot leaders on a wolf or whatever. Yeah, uh, the shaman. He, yeah, so he's throwing that spell on him that's uh, plus one to wound and plus one uh, and a minus one, add a minus one rend. Mm-hmm. So now 60 of them are threes by fours with rend. Yep. And it's like, yeah, they they die in droves if you get in there and you can start chopping them up. But he's got 60 in each unit. Mm-hmm. And and the, he just, as, as long as you're not getting in and double turning him right off the bat and he's getting a couple of turns in, he's just raining arrows and, and long distance shot down on your head. From what are considered crummy units, but when you've got that many attacks, mm-hmm. you know it, you know you can't miss all the time. No, and, and then you just fight in the shade, and that's just how it goes. Exactly. But then it was like that, and he had twelve other drops, and it was like, all right, I got. He had you know, a couple of two three doom divers, a couple of two three, um, you know. Um, Rock Labas, couple of two, three, uh, Spear Chuckas, and then, uh, you know, a couple of other little bits of chaffy units just to move around and slow things down. And I was like, wow, that's really brutal, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. from Git Mobs, of all things. And that wasn't even the optimal version, because if you take the Git Mob Grot formation, or the 
great greater clan or whatever it is, um, which asked for units of goblins, not get mob grots. Um, and that was FAQ'd that it doesn't work anymore. Um, So you didn't even get to see the full nasty of what that list was prior to that FAQ, because that was actually a really nasty list um, with multiple attacks, multiple just it was much better with the formation because then it's a one drop army um, and then you get an extra artifact and everything. So it was a pretty significant change for that army when they changed in the FAQ. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's force multiplication, um, kind of in a nutshell. Um, that one's the, one of the easier ones to explain. Um, and we kind of touched on already with the ether chemist. Um, mm-hmm. But the next one we're going to look at is spam. Um, and I'm not talking about ham and corn or It's ham and anything. pork shoulder. It's disgusting. You shut your dirty mouth. Spam is wonderful. No, it is not. Oh, Harrison went out and bought some today. He asked me to cut it up. We're going to serve it up for breakfast tomorrow. Chris, you would disagree with you, and Ryan Nickel works for Hormel. Don't be offending our friends, especially when they run such a wonderful 40K narrative event. No, no, I am not looking. It's fantastic. It's Chinese newspaper and apple cores. It's ham and pork shoulder, and it's pre-cooked and comes with its own key. So if you don't have heat or you don't have a can opener, you still have food. No. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, cut that up, fry it up nice and thin, make it into an omelet. Oh, that's good eats. No. Good eats. It's just I don't understand things like head cheese and scrapple. But, but it's not it's not head cheese or scrapple. It is both of those things. It is neither. And it's in a can. Yes. Dude, I no, head cheese is grow it's like gelatin and the bits left on the face. This is one big chunk of ham. No, it is not. It is everything from head cheese ground up into a smooth, buttery paste. It is ham and, and pork shoulder. Fat. And it's not a paste, it's a solid block. You don't even know what you're talking about. Oh boy! Uh, Any event, I am coming to every event you come to with a spam sandwich. From now on, I'm just gonna sit in front of you and eat it. That is my new goal. I can come in dead last. I'm just gonna eat some fried spam in front of you. That's great. <laughs> anyway, um, but in any event, you woke um, me up. I'm all alert now with spam. Oh, boy. All right, so let's talk about doing this, though. Just taking the six ether chemists and, and annoying people or 800,000, as many sky fires as you can fit. That's basically the idea behind three thunder tusks with the, with the, with the rider who heals all the wounds back and mm-hmm. makes everybody hate you. Yeah, or 15 to 18 hunters or multiple mongols. You you get where we're going here. Um because it's basically you're taking something that is good in its own right, but then taking excessive numbers of it because, well, I mean, more of the <laughs> best thing you have can't be a bad if thing. If one is good, two is great, and three is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the issue with spamming um, is that doing something like that, you're playing strictly to table your opponent versus playing the scenario because most of these things that spam are not – 
necessarily good for objective running. They're good for smashing face because that's what they do. I mean, Skyfires are an exception because they move so darn fast. But you're still looking primarily to take your opponent off the table to try to win the scenario on default instead of playing the scenario because your opponent will have no models left. Um, And this one, I think, leaves a lot of bad taste in people's mouths, just like spam. Um, So Mm, Spam. You know, know. here's the thing. I get the need. I get the, the desire for redundancy. Because even if something's hard to kill, it's not impossible to kill. And I've seen, you know, you've seen roles where fluke things happen and your big bad suddenly is just laid low on a decent roll. Mm-hmm. Or you get the super combo filth of the Zinch army with Archeon where, oh, I just hit your thing and I picked a six. Take it off. I don't care how many wounds it has. Yeah. You know, um, and you're trying to avoid that at all costs. So if I've got two... I've got a better chance. If I've got three, I've really got a chance. I I can see the desire to back up something like that. But, man, dude, nobody likes it. <laughs> nobody likes yeah. sitting across from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can spam, like, abilities of force multiplication. Like we talked about the Aether Chemist or Zango Shaman, Lord of War, multiple Lord Celestins on foot. With the consummate commander trait, to get a plus two. Um, I really think that the force multiplication spam is going to go away in GHB two. Um, I think I don't think you're going to be able to benefit from the same ability multiple times like an ether chemist. Um, so I mean, right now those things are going to be all that in a bag of potato chips. But give it a couple of months. I don't think it's going to be. Nearly and what they're cooking. I don't think right it's now. a problem if you take a couple of ether chemists and you're and you're buffing multiple multiple units. units. You know, or so this guy's buffing him and that guy's buffing them and he's doing the other. But when they're all just piling on the same thing, and I don't, I don't know if they're going to change it or not. Like they probably will, but I don't know. I you know. They've already said you can't stack. See, I just didn't think you could do that because I thought you just couldn't stack the same ability or the same bonus on to things. Um, I thought that was one of those rules of one. You know, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over to the same unit. And multi- no, no, because the rules of ones, you can't attempt to cast a spell more than once. Right. You can't. Um, Isn't there something rule of you- one always fails? Yep. And then... Um, I thought there was something about you couldn't stack more than one, like because you can't, you know. I don't know. I guess that's all really does relate to spells, but you know, if an ability is, you know, well, I don't know. That could be wrong. Maybe I just misinterpreted it. But I guess when I first read it, I never even thought about being able to do what it does with multiples. I just assumed it was only one. Oh, and then the third rule of one is the exploding. Oh, yeah. Rerolls don't get more rerolls, right? Yeah. Um, So these abilities continue to multi stack. Um, Even if you take, like, Archeon in a Nurgle list, which I know some people are going to, like, hoobooba, but, and Chris brought this up on Canhammer, is where you take multiple Harbingers of Decay. Okay. um, Which gives units a 5 plus 
essentially a feel no pain, but you stack that all on one unit. So this way they get their armor save plus four of these five plus saves after the fact because you take each one. That's legal? Wait, I mean... That is completely legal. Well, I guess because you're not re-rolling your save. It's a separate save. Yeah. That's dumb. It is. This is why this is a problem. Once again, I just I guess when I read that, I never once connected. I never thought that you could just I th- I thought you couldn't stack that way. Like I thought you just couldn't do that. You don't get to take I mean, what's essentially what I would call a ward save. Mm-hmm. You get one. You don't get four. Like no, even you if, actually get like four or five if you do it right. That dumb as hell. It is. It really is. This is when we talk about competitive play, especially when we get near the end of this segment. Um, this is the stuff that's not necessarily fun to play against unless you know willingly you're going into this environment. So, again, manage your expectations and act appropriately. And you Don't know just take this to the store and expect right. to make friends. I could see if someone said, hey, listen, you know, there are times and I think it happens to a lot of us. You you get an army and you realize you've got some great combo or some great list and you know it's filth and your friends know it's filth and you don't necessarily going to bring it to where there's a tournament coming up you're not going to do that you you know you play a lot of local friendly games um, I've got no I have no beef if you say listen I want to bring my filth I want to see how crazy effective this is so it, once like you said manage your expectations you know. If if you tell me that you're bringing this, you know, you've got a lot of uh, green skins. Dave, I'm bringing a cunning ruck, and I am, you know, doubling down on it. Um, you know, I'm going to bring this, that, or the other. Or, you know, uh, Brandon, you know, my friend who comes over and he plays Nurgle. Listen, I'm going to, you know, quadruple down on the, you know, that, that thing you just, like you just said. You know, I, I just, I want to try it. Bring your, bring your worst but then, then you're then you're both bringing your nastiest, rottenest stuff, um, you know, to, to try it out. You know, as long mm-hmm. as you know it, yeah. I have no problem with it. It might actually it, it it can be fun. I've done it before. You know, just bring mm-hmm. your worst. I need to try this out. Um, I know when when Grant and Chris would be going to you know when they were still playing back in eighth, they'd be going to tournaments. They'd want to try out. You know, I need to try this out. Bring bring. Bring your nastiest list and try and stop mm-hmm. me. You know, say, so, "Oh, okay, I get that." Like you're practicing for something that is explicitly that. That, but yeah, but this is not something to surprise your friends with because it's not nice. No, and it's it gets to the point where it leaves a really bad taste. Um, just with that, the multiple ethercast combo that is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, and it's not just because you took them off the table. It's how you do it or completely shutting down um, how your army works. I mean, like if you watched a lot of the really competitive games on like Warhammer TV, right? They're over in two turns, <laughs> effectively over because if it's some, like, yeah, once somebody gets the upper hand, you're, you're, it's it. That's it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about um, that at the end. Because, I mean, as much as this is going to be talking about competitive play, we still have to kind of do the reality check 
sure I think thing. is really important. Um, um, so be- we've been going a little long. Yeah, but I would say before we move on to like target priority and stuff, we've we've, we've talked about the things you pick and, and choose for lists when you're building. Why don't we take a break and we'll come back with target priority and denial and meta and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be back. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday board game night to Friday night magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back. Hello. So, um, stay on target, Dave. I, I, hey, target. I said three words. I'm not. I'm not flying off the handle here. So, um, give it time. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, this next one. Um, isn't just like a concept of like list building, but also how you play the game. Um, it's kind of a weird walk between. Um, and it's a concept of target priority. Yep. Um, so for this one, it's understanding how your opponent's army works and how to take the machine apart. Um, a unit of 30 blood letters is really effective because of how many mortal wounds it can dish out. It's a lot of models that move very quickly. It's a different animal with sail. Because he does his thing. And that's what he does. Um, If you don't have the tools to remove or to mitigate force multipliers, you're at a huge disadvantage. But if you take sail out, your opponent's entire army changes in how it plays. Because it may have been built to deliver that alpha strike, it suddenly can't. So your opponent now has to reconfigure how they have to play and how they have to win because you took a linchpin out. And every army has those important models that hold it together. Whether it's um, like a necromancer to make six snakes double pile in, it doesn't matter what it is. Everyone's got those things that make them do more than what they normally can. Um, I'm going to take my three toots and I'm going to toot that one piece of terrain and wipe out half half of your models. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this all depends on your list. 
Um, and there are some lists that could certainly shoot out a bloodletter bomb, but to do 30 wounds to a five up save unit to take it off before sale gets a chance to throw it, you're probably not going to do it, but doing six wounds to a five up save character is a heck of a lot easier than trying to take off a bomb first thing. Um, this is why every Stormcast list I have has a Venator in it. Specifically to do his job, which is to snipe something and remove the threat. Like, until Sail the Faithless is no longer, like, a thing in the meta, I will have an arrow with his name on it every time I play. That's just how it is. Agreed. Um, so, now, the thing is with the Venator, he's got a 42-inch reach a 12 inch fly 30 inch shot um so he can get to places and like people say oh just take the long strikes okay that's only a 30 whereas i get an extra foot with the venator Mm -hmm. and i'm still probably gonna take him off um but when you take away certain pieces of your opponent's army that makes them better first you change the dynamic so understand that that's a way to play but you also need to incorporate models to make that work whether that's chameleon skinks to get close enough to pep things off with their shots um there's a lot of things that you can do even like long-range shooting like get mob grots like we're just talking about with chad the range on their war machines is pretty substantial and most of them don't require line of sight to hit so take those and understand what you need to shoot at first. So that's also a deployment thing. You may want to save your long range guns for later in your deployment. So, so you know what you have to shoot. So it's not a particularly difficult concept, um, but it's just how you play now. Um, and then with some armies, target priority gets tricky because of how they've built their list. And for me, the first one that comes to my mind is the destruction list, like the mixed list, the Brad list. Um, (laughs) There's there's a lot of guys that play this list. And for those that aren't familiar with it, it's you're looking at three Thunder Tusks, the Husk Guards, surrounded by Moonclan, Grotz, and Fanatics. And also there's a Stonehorn, uh, Frostlord. So... With the Moon Clan Grots, they use those to bubble wrap. If something gets too close to them, they throw a fanatic out to try to charge block and keep you even further away from the triple thunder tusk. Um, so the problem then becomes it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Do you take away the Grots to try to get into the Beast Claws by the way they're bombing you for 18 mortal wounds at range? Or do you focus on the Beast Claws with your range attacks? But they can fix themselves. So you have to take them out in one shot, one turn. Because if you don't, it's just going to heal most, if not all of it, back. Right. Oh, it's, and it's brutal. It's, way, it's hard to have an answer for. Yeah. And by the way, you're not dealing with that Frost Lord on a Stonehorn, who is in your face turn one. Ugh. Ugh. So it's hard against some lists to deal like is you're overwhelmed by threats and you may not have a good answer to any of it 
So this is where kind of you need to take an all comers list, but you need to understand what you have to do in order to make your army not as make your opponent's army not as effective. And even I have a hard time answering this question of the mixed destruction list. Like, what do you do? That's a really hard question to ask. I I don't have an answer for that. No, for that army, I don't. It's 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 stupid. Like it's so good. Um, it's so hardcore. Uh, I mean, the, the one thing that I can try to do, and if you've wrapped it properly with Grotz, it doesn't work. Is the the hammer strike force with a mm-hmm. big big unit of retributors. I can drop them around and I can drop almost one of anything with a unit of 10 retributors with the star soul maces and everything if I can get them in on one turn and 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 get a decent roll. Um, yeah. But then now I've got one and then the other two do 12 mortals to that unit uh and so I take four of them away. And I've been dropped my effective, and that's just from that. That's not from the charge from the next, the two remaining. I mean, I can bring in my heaviest hitter in my 2,000-point list and take out one, and then the other remaining two will probably wipe out yeah. that, that last bit, you know? Or you're looking at taking protectors to try to reach over the grots because they have a three-inch reach versus a one with the hammer. Um, but... The problem is you may not even be able to get in there because the fanatics move before you do right? in the charge phase. So you may get pinned, and then they hit you for 18 mortal wounds and a frost lord. Yeah, because you can't even so, ride in. I mean, you can't even ride in because I love my Celestant on Dracoth, my Lord Celestant on a Dracoth mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the shield and with that... Uh, his his bonus for you know the extra the plus one to your save on a turn you didn't charge the staunch defender yeah yeah but he's only so got good. but he's only got seven wounds and he can't mm-hmm. handle those mortals and boom okay well those they just took him out like I could I'm trying to think I would literally have to come in with the hammer strike force with the Ten retributors, maybe ten paladins as well as the second unit, and the lord, all on one fell move, and try to take out two stone horns in a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way to save it. That's the only way to survive it. Yeah, and and that's and that's such a big if, such an incredible risk. But yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I would. I, that's that's an, that's a list I don't know how to handle. Yeah, the two that have the best answers to that is Skyfires and Hunters, because their range is substantial, and so is their damage output on their shots. So, I mean, so, they're probably the only thing that can do it. But then again, you need to spam in twenty-seven Skyfires or fifteen, eighteen Hunters. So against and, so against. Beast claw filth or destruction th- that filth list. Your your answer is either Zinch filth or or Sylvaneth filth. Yeah. Uh, okay. As long as we're clear. Yeah, that's the meta. 
or that's no, what I, you're I expecting hear you. from, I'm, yeah, from this. Um, so going into going, and this is why I have the beast claw example here is to go into the next concept, which is denial, um, which is either denial by placement or denial by model. Um, with placement, it's something as simple as placing units out of range, like what we talked about earlier with Skyfires being so much further back, move up and shoot, um, or blocking your opponent's units from objectives. And that's even just using terrain and the three-inch rule to keep people from moving past you. Um, yeah, having two units within five inches of each other or five and a half inches of each other completely stops your opponent from even trying to run past to get to what you what what is there. I mean And it's actually an even bigger net because you have to take into consideration the base size of the model you're trying to stop. And then you can't get within three without charging. So that middle ground can actually be like seven, eight inches depending on what you're trying to block. True. So you have that, and for that you get like fast maneuverable pieces, whether that's like chameleon skinks or even like your humble dire wolf, um, can get up there and create like this fence that you have to go through versus go around or over, unless you have a unit that flies. I mean, if you if your unit flies, then you know there's not a lot you can do to stop it, but you can yeah. control where it lands. Because it has to finish its move more than three inches away. So if you can control its landing zone, you can still control it as much. You just have to play a little smarter um, and a little trickier. Um, Or you take units of cheap disposable models like lines of zombies. Or this is where summoning can be effective too. Oh, look, here's a zombie fence and you weren't expecting it. Have fun. You have to go through it. Um, and it prevents you from getting to where you're going to be going. And it may only slow you down for one turn, but there's only five turns in the game. Mm-hmm. If I can and slow if you, you down can... for one turn, that's 20% of the game I've locked you in for. Right. That's exactly a perfect example. I mean, that's the, um, isn't that the entire pink horror, the beauty? I mean, the people, pink horror, blue horror, brimstone horror. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the points on that get, you know, if, you, if you're going to pay for all those units, yeah, it's expensive. But if I throw pink horrors at you and you wipe them out in one turn, well, then you have to wipe out the blue horrors in your second turn. Mm-hmm. And then you have to wipe out the brimstone horrors in your third turn. I have just locked you up for 60% of the game if we go the full five turns. That would actually be more like a turn and a half to two full turns where you're locked in. But still, that's effectively two turns because they get to swing in your phase and in my phase that's true so yeah i mean you can always retreat that's assuming around that them. they completely wipe them out to in the a turn to the pinky yeah yeah i mean the pinks maybe but then when you're doubling down on the blues all right now can you du- can you take it in that turn so you're, you're talking probably two full turns Oh, yeah, uh, at least. Maybe going into the third. But even if I take out for two and a half turns, that's half the game. I've locked up that unit. That's mm-hmm. worth the points if I need to distract it because I'm probably either one of two things. I've got it off where I'm, where I'm just holding it and tying it up and keeping it out of the way. Or 
I'm holding it up while I'm bringing something else in that's going to punch it in the face. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a there's several things like that that you could use that denial for. Um, you know, I mean, it it depends on your play style, but sometimes you know, just having stuff that has to get chopped through. I mean, it's it's one of Brandon's favorite things. I know I mentioned him earlier in the same. You know, he's like, man, you know, all this Nurgle stuff, man. They just, it just doesn't die. He's like, I, I I don't hit you really hard, but my stuff just doesn't die. Like he's like mm-hmm. he's learned the beauty of dropping thirty plague bearers on a on an objective. Yeah. He's like, yeah, come get it. It's like, oh, oh boy. Okay, here we go. He's like, yeah, I Mm -hmm. might not be able to kill your unit that's attacking me, but you're definitely not killing mine anytime soon. No, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not. You are correct. I'm not even telling him about that loading down the four or five pluses. I'm not even. The Harbinger, I think, only affects mortal Nurgle units. Oh, mortal Nurgle units. Okay. So it's like, uh, in a world where harbingers give you four or five plus saves, I don't want to play against you. Well, especially if you put that on Archeon. Ah, see, the, you know, I, <laughs> do you think? Okay, uh, re, side sidebar here. Go. Um, do you think they realized that when they were writing those rules? Like, no. I mean, did, did somebody just forget about Archeon? Oh man, you know, we had Archeon. If you roll a certain number, he just takes you off the board and. He is a Zinch model, so technically, if you ran an all Zinch list, you can take those numbers and he can just blank whatever he feels like blanking. Like that's yeah, that's crazy. I think Archeon is a separate subject, um, especially when you look at him in these mono god armies when he's not in Justin Ever Chosen, because the battle traits of these armies, even like Corn. And a lot of people look at corn and say, oh, this doesn't stack up to Zinch. But that com- battle trait in and of itself is force multipliers. Because if you give Archeon a free attack phase in the hero phase, or a free charge in the hero phase, or a free move. If you give or- him anything. I've yeah. actually heard people, and this is what, you know, you know we're talking about readjusting points in, in the new, the next version of the General's Handbook. And people are complaining about uh, Archeon. And, but they're like, but he's not, you know, when he's in Everchosen, he's not as bad as when he's in Corn, which is not as bad as when he's in Zinch. And you know, if they come out with Nurgle, God, could you picture even him becoming even more defensive? Mm hmm. Um, Absolutely. Archeon might be the first model where I could literally see his points being, if he's in. This is his points unless he's in a Zinch mixed or something. You know, unless he's in a uh, you know a uh, a Zinch army, then he's this many points. If he's in a so if he be, if he goes into one of those armies where he's getting that army's that 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 you know those traits and those those command abilities, uh, and then so so you would literally have three or four. Point values, <laughs> point for, values for Archeon, depending on what you know, this is his points. Unless he's in this army, then he's this many points. Unless he's in this army, if he's in a corn, you know, a, a blades, you know, but why am I? If he's in that particular faction, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing a Disciples of Zinch list and he winds up in it, he's going to cost even more because you're taking into account the fact that he's going to start picking fate dice and. Blanking things. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, he literally could be the first model. And this is, I mean, I'm not saying that they might be doing. That's the only way I could think of to make him fair work because you don't want to overprice him. You don't want to be like double M, you know. Yeah, Double of no. points because he might be in a Zinch list. Well, what if you're not playing a, a, a jerky Zinch list with Archaon and 10 Skyfires, you know? What if Just you're not? 10? Well, I'm trying to be nice. You know? I know. But um, you see what I'm saying? It's like, no. Uh, that's the only way I could think of it is literally he can be in. He could. And, and not a lot of models can fit into that. I mean, you know, Stormcast can be either Stormcast or Order. That's it. You know? Um, but he goes every direction. He literally, right? He, he at the moment can be in. What is it? Three or four? He can be chaos. He can be yeah, in he, his his own little mini faction, right? Ever which is still one? like chaos, right? Um, because it's just Varengard and Gaunt Summoners. But then you, it's the battle traits and that particular axis. So he can go into corn. He can go into Zinch. Or he can go into generic chaos right now, and let's assume that they're going to do a Nurgle one. So he'll be able so, to be in four separate. I mean, that's twice what anyone else can do, and he's. I mean, he's he's vicious on his own, you know. Yeah, I think he's one of those that really benefited from the <laughs> yes, particular um, God allegiances. Even though you can't take Varengard because they don't come in with the preloaded keywords like he does, but. It's still like he cares. He's Archeon. Like he cares. He's Archeon. That's exactly what it is. I mean, but it makes him more of that bad guy that commands all the forces of the dark gods. He, you so, know what? He's terrifying. Yeah, he is. I mean, he, boy, he works in the fluff. You know, uh, he works in the lore really well because he does span all these areas. But it's just wow. I mean, talk about one. That is the model. That fits into like half of these categories we talked about. He uh-huh. he walks in and on alone his reach is ridiculous. Um, you can you can force multiply him in half a dozen different ways. Mm-hmm. You can't spam Archeon, but you don't need to. Um, but you can spam his abilities, like, right. And bonuses, right. And then talk about target priority. Um, he, he, as a model, can can use target priority to a devastating effect, and it, you know, and I mean, yes, I've heard of people taking Arcan out in one move. You know, I mean, it can happen. You can get a good roll. I'm certified enough retributors. I could do it. You know, but it, it ain't easy, and it ain't common. No. You know, and then you got your denial. One, you know, once again, well. I either need to take Archeon out or he's going to take out half my army on his own. But if I'm focusing everything on Archeon... You're ignoring the rest of the army. The, the whole rest of the army is grabbing objectives, uh, positioning itself for after what's left of your army walks away from the Archeon battle. Yeah, he's... I didn't mean to... I, Alex, I didn't mean to dwell no, on no, him, but we don't talk about a, him that often. And, yeah. But you took a prime example of like the other half of denial, which is denial by model, which is you take the things that are nigh unkillable, whether that's the Frost Lord on Stormhorn, Necrosphinx, Morgul, and then Archeon, because of everything that we've talked about, and you make your opponent deal with them. Otherwise, they're going to walk over you. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, you can't ignore him. No, you can't, <laughs> unless you can like 
terrain block him after dealing enough damage to the point that he becomes ineffective. Um, I mean, I suppose you know, like, if there's something I don't want to die, I could hide it in a forest because he can't. If you can't, can't move the trees, the, yeah, I can hide. The, I mean, you can. Yes, you can hide stuff from it, but not a lot, <laughs> and not no. very well. Yeah, and in a corn allegiance list, you get a slaughter priest to pull you out of the tree, so then Arcane can kill you. Oh, forgot about him. So, yeah, a lot of people do, but the point is, you're still forcing your your opponent to deal with this massive model whether it's Nagash or Archeon or even a Lariel, it's like you're going to have to deal with this or it's going to walk over you or I'm going to then do what I want with my army, like playing for objectives and stuff while you're playing with this particular toy. So it's one of those things. Yep. Um, and then it's target priority. That's how you break it down. And can I neutralize Archeon? Can I neutralize the Stonehorn for just a minute while I deal with the rest of his army, or do I just take it down now? Or at least try to. So just understand what you have to do in order to win the scenario and how you're going to impose will. Um, So that's like the main things with regards to like list building and why things are competitive and why things are good the way they are. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads into the meta um, do we want to take a break before we talk meta, or where are we at on time? Uh, yeah, might as well. Okay. Might as well. Cool. We'll take a break, we'll come back, we'll wrap it up with the meta, and then hit the uh, final thoughts and wrap up the show. the garage hammer shirt who cares about him look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie that's right guys nothing tells the ladies i'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear so hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about remember boys first you get your gear then you win all your games then you get the chicks that's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And once again... We have returned! We have returned to bring the knowledge to you. Because mm-hmm. we got Alex dropping knowledge on how to bring the filth. You know, we were talking during the last break even about this. Is You know, this isn't exactly answering the question that people were asking us. was, you know, what list should I take if I want to beat faces in? Um, but I think we are giving them that because as we bring up all of these different things, we're not giving you the list, but we are really naming like the the main offenders in the in the I'm gonna pound you into the earth and make you cry and make your game not fun 
uh, list, which is if that if you're going to a tournament that's you know bring it. I think we've given you, you people tons of ideas. I mean, you've mentioned sale. You've mentioned the the stuff from the the Beast Cloud Raiders. We've talked about Archeon. We've talked about um, you know we don't give you a whole list, but I think you know you you Alex have given them enough of the here is the the that linchpin that 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 filthy thing that you could really build something great on. So. And most of the people who are asking for list ideas, it's like these aren't people who don't, who are unfamiliar with the. Maybe you're not familiar with AOS, but you're not unfamiliar with Warhammer in general, or you know, mm-hmm. tabletop gaming. You know, we've we've given. I think you've given them enough. Here's a taste. You can figure the rest out for yourself from this. Right. So let's talk meta. Meta. But. So this one, bear with me on this one. Um, so the current meta in tournaments, and when I'm talking like tournaments, I'm talking like the big ones like Adepticon, South Coast, etc. Um, the current meta is shooting. You think? Is uh huh. Yep. Current meta is significantly shooting, um, and shooting a lot. The list that won Adepticon was 18 Skyfires, two chickens, plus miscellaneous stuff. Right. And then the list that won South Coast was 15 Skyfires, plus a Bloodletter bomb with Sail. Oh, both of the things we've been talking about. Right. Now, those things that are winning are heavy in these main topics that we've been talking about. And shooting hits all five of those. Because you're denying your opponent the ability to strike at you because you're so far away. You get the force multipliers with like Kun and Ruck, um, and then the Zangor Lord of War, um, plus Zangor Shaman on the Skyfires. So shooting hits all of those areas, and right now it's a little bit out of control. Um, and it's like I was just working on my third unit of Judicators. My third unit of Judicators tonight because that's where I need to be. Yeah, I only I own play 10, and I'd like to own more. Yeah, that's a problem. Me want to shoot stuff. Yeah, this isn't Age of Shooting. Captain's got to cheat, um, cheat stuff. Mm-hmm. So my eventual hope is is that the meta will shift back to a more mixed and balanced army as opposed to just playing guns um, in GHB2, whether that's shooting force restrictions or increase on points on units that shoot. Just something to turn the knob down. It doesn't have to be at 11. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do. And individual TOs obviously can comp however they want and yeah i I don't i don't i don't like touching that too much if i don't have to i know people uh, i've heard other shows especially uh shows where you've got maybe more 40k players and they're just starting into Mm -hmm. age of sigmar uh, you know, shouldn't be able to shoot if you're in combat at all and i don't necessarily agree with that because suddenly all you got to do is throw something at it, and its, it's complete effectiveness in the in the army is gone. Right. Um, I, I'm starting to wonder if if you're in combat, you have to shoot at the unit that you're in combat with 
You can still yeah, shoot. So you're not, yeah, so you're not completely nerfed, but you're not as obnoxious as you were. Yeah, I mean, that still opens up to just throwing chaff at things just to tie them up. If I can throw chaff at shooters a few turns in a row, then they're not getting to shoot at the stuff that they need to be shooting at. Right. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you can increase the points. So I don't necessarily get, think that's the immediate answer. Like There are some either. things that obviously need a fix. Like Skyfire, those yeah. those need a fix. Let's be honest here, and probably a dramatic one. I would say. How much do those things cost anyway? It's a hundred and sixty for three. That's no. That's no. Never. Now Necro Knights were a hundred and sixty for three prior to the experimental changes, and they jacked up to two forty for three. Yeah, no those those Skyfires need to be. I, I would say at least two forty for three, based on what they can do. Maybe more. I don't know if I would go more. I would definitely say like two, two twenty, um, just because they're so f- they're fewer wounds than snakes. They don't regen like snakes do. They don't have as many they, wounds. They don't but... have the range either, though, do they? I mean, no, they, I mean they, they have. I mean, they have way more range than the snakes. I don't know. Okay, maybe not more, but you know, d- around that. No, they do because they have a forty-inch effective reach. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like they have a, they have a better reach than the snakes. Is what I'm saying. I didn't mean. You yeah. Know, yeah. And then they get rerolls in combat if they go first because they need that. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things that um, I don't know. I think it needs to change because the the scene where it's heading, I don't. I'm not excited about that kind of a meta where it's just guns all the time and you're trying to max out. Plus, that if, you're, if your army aspect. doesn't have that aspect. Then. And this is why death is kind of lagging right. on the scene right now because they don't have those answers with the exceptions of TK Archers and the Screaming Skull Catapult. Yeah, I mean, That's they don't, it. they don't, yeah, death doesn't have shooting and you can't replace what goes away fast enough because of the cost. So, correct. Goodness. I don't know. So, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that I'm hoping with GHP2 they can reevaluate, incorporate maybe some of the new things that they're bringing out with the new 40K and walk it over, but not completely turn it into 40K. So, well, no, you don't want to do don't. that. And I mean, GW is listening. Um, realistically, Indeed they are. With my conversations with them, with just how they've been responding to the community, whether it's trolling people that troll them or (laughs) giving positive feedback in actual, like what you're suggesting. I, it's a completely different GW and I think they're listening and maybe they may take notice, but maybe they don't care about the tournament scene. Um, And maybe it's up to us as TOs to work collectively to push a different meta. So I'm not sure exactly what the answer is, but I think Workshop cares about tournaments to a certain point because oh they do they have how many do, do they cover now I mean just this year how many have they covered no yeah no they 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 totally they're listening they care yeah they're they're making adjustments I I think I think there's a reason they didn't rush out the handbook too even though they've been asking us questions about it now for at least six months. Yeah, because when when did the first one come out? It came out in June, right? 
Yeah, it came out. So it'll be right a year. June, July. It'll, it'll be a year next month, and they were asking for they were asking for advice right after Christmas, mm-hmm. because they're asking what our thoughts were. Because I remember people freaking out. I just bought this, and now you're going to be going with another twenty five dollars again for another same flames. You know, complainers, shut up. Twenty five dollars for a year subscription is not that bad. Yeah, if you buy a new book every twelve months for twenty five bucks, that's two bucks a month. Yeah, to, for and them to constantly be checking and updating and working with the community, that's not a huge ask. Yeah, and how much is a WoW subscription for mo- per month? Well, and you don't even I mean, have to spend that much because you can just pay the ninety nine cents a month to get the app, and when the GHB updates the rules and updates everything else, you'll get all that in the app mm-hmm. for twelve so, bucks I mean, a year. So, and then you don't have to worry about throwing away a book, which I mean, I feel dirty about anyway, but I don't right. really do that. Right. So, you have that. Um, so, that's kind of where I'm sitting on the meta. I really think it does need an adjustment because I don't want it just to be. I I don't particularly care for the meta the way it is. And again, folks, this is just matter of perspective. And how I see things and how I've seen them done at tournaments. Um, so this isn't going to be the end-all be-all. And you know what? I may be way off on a lot of things. And I probably am. But. Um, right. With so, turn- you know, so, what, so what he's saying, folks, what Alex is saying is he's completely right. And if you disagree with him, kill yourself because you're just wrong. And and any any if you've if you got issues. You can email Alex at um, – no, I'm just playing. Sorry. So, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just take everything with a grain of salt. Obviously, if you are a story stinker, if you do not give two mouse farts about playing competitively, that's fine. Play your game. Have fun. But – yeah, this might not apply to you if you're if you're playing with your local group and and everyone just bringing what they want and you know I mean here's the thing if nobody brings the filth then this entire conversation is moot if your entire group never plays these things or knows you know everybody complains when you play that so I just won't bring it mm-hmm. then there you go your problem is solved you've had a conversation beforehand you've agreed not to bring the ding dong list. Yeah. So there you go. But if yeah. you do have friends who want to play this all the time, or if you are coming into it and saying, listen, I want to be competitive, take a, you know, look up a couple of these things. See, you know, and this is totally not the way I, I list build, you know, so I'm, I'm yeah. more of a, hey, that looks really cool. I want to play. I want to build and paint and play with that. Right. And then I'll build a list around that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but last thought, playing in tournaments is not all about doing this high-end top table or bust type behavior or like the whack list, which is winning at all costs for those that aren't familiar. Um, first and foremost, it's opportunities for gamers to get together, socialize, build the community, and just like hang out and be social. The game stuff comes next. That's true. And I think that's definitively secondary because I don't necessarily care how well I did at a tournament because that's not that important to me. But even the people that that is important to, the social aspect is, 
probably the first priority, not just, oh, yeah. I won blah, blah, blah. It's like I got to spend a day or two nerding out with my friends. I mean, that's definitively more important. Right. Um, and you know and what? Then, Honestly, the GTs, is, I, I, maybe we're maybe it's just the Midwest. I don't know. It probably is because we're it, weird. But at least the GTs that, you know, that we have here, you've really got three types of players. You've got the hardcore You've got the mid-table champions, and you got you know the bottom-table bros, and that's what it is. You know, some guys bring absolutely crummy list that won't win a single game, but they just wanted to put together. They put that army together, they painted it as best they can, and they're there for the paint and that, and for the. I just even if they're not there for the, you know, these are the guys who just built what they wanted to play, and they're there just to have fun, and they might lose most of their games. They don't care. You know, you got the exact opposite with your high-end champs, which is the ones that we were talking about all this stuff so far on the show. And then you got people like me, your, your your middle table champions, where it's like, hey, can I crack the top 25% this time? And if I do, that's pretty good. Heck, I've been one year to have to kind of crack the top 10%. I was like, I rule, you know? I wasn't even close to getting top table stuff, but I cracked, top, I cracked 10%. You know, if I don't crack the top quarter, I try to stay in the top half. It's like that's, you know, I'm just keeping it to that, you know, that range, you know. Um, I don't because, you know, that's that's what I do. I bring something sort of competitive, something I kind of play with. Not going to make it to the top, but I'd like to see sort of where I can go with a suboptimal list just doing my best, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got all those ranges. And if, you know. If if what we're saying, you know, doesn't appeal to you, then don't even worry about it. Just you be you. So that's my thoughts as I totally cut you off again. No, it's cool. Um, but understand, folks, that it's really not. this is not just strictly speaking about a match play thing. Because playing match play is not necessarily playing competitively. Matched is a way to structure your games, and that's all. It's only as competitive as you make it. So manage your expectations and understand what you're going into before you decide to reach into this particular toolbox and start to take it out. So yeah. just understand that and really just go with it. But understand what you're going into first before you avoid that accidental or unintentional debaggery. Yep, yep, yep. Just, just go with it. Hey, so. If you're bringing sail or some of these, the triple stonehorn, there's nothing accidental about it, you know. Either, you know, if you're if you're trying for it, then then embrace it. Be, you know, that's just the other own step. It. Yeah, own it. If you if you're going to try, hey, listen, I'm coming here to win. Then do that. You know, go for it. Just own it. You know, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not. It's not like Mm-mm. it's not like admit you're 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 rotten. No, it's not what we're saying. We're saying, but if you're going and you're bringing the filth and going to win and you're taking the filth and at the top tables, then just then then embrace it and have fun with it and go with it. Um, right. Because honestly, there's there's nothing I there, there are few things I I dislike more at a tournament than someone bringing. Absolute filth, and then apologizing the whole time and acting like they're so shocked when the filth starts taking you off 
and you're almost out of, the game's almost over in turn two, and they're acting like they had no idea this would happen. You know, I opened up my army bag, and this army was there. I don't even know how it got here, but I'm <laughs> glad I have an army with me. Like, come on, you know, that's that's me personally. At least uh, own it. Hey, you're bringing, you know, I've played with enough players, and you know it. I mean. Heck, at Adepticon, our, our 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 first game with the team t- championship was 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 Brad and Domus, and you know, and Domus brings a lot of the filth too. Domus, <laughs> Brad he gets a lot of it. stick. Brad gets a lot of stick, but Domus Domus has can be just as filthy. Um, it's just you know when you stand in Brad's shadow, <laughs> people don't notice it as much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I played that, but we had a great time. Like I knew, we knew what we were getting into and it's, it's not bad. You know, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying you should be ashamed to bring it. You know, I'm, when I say own it, I'm just saying, be honest about it because I, God, I, I really hate when people do that, when they, when they bring it and then they, that happened. But last, last year at Adepticon, I got, or two years ago, I got that like almost every game. And I was like, stop apologizing for the list you wrote. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Hey, don't be sorry. You I, you didn't write those lists. I know. Now I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Anyway. But so, I think that's it. I hope, I think, are we yeah, done? I hope this was informative for people and hope you guys enjoyed it. So definitely give us some feedback. I did. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, this all this this is this this one was your baby and I it was it was, you know, for the guy who who prides himself on being the English teacher, you articulated this way better than I could have. Um, and I think partly because you or, you were able to to organize it in all these little sections and really compartmentalize it and get it across. I I I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I hope the listeners did too. But you know, hey, I'm the one that's got to edit it and listen to it again. So I'm you know. I'm the one who counts, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well played, sir. Well right. Played. Thank you. Uh, and, folks, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, hey, iTunes reviews. We haven't gotten too many lately. Um, if people still do that sort of thing, uh, we, you know, hey, we'd like them. I enjoy reading them. I really do. Like, I mean, I used to when we first started, Christopher and I, we'd click over to the different countries and see exactly. We don't do that as I don't do that as often. I'll just, but I'll click through to see if there's something there sometimes. I like to read them. Uh, if you want to be one of the one percent, actually, it's not quite one percent, but those people who who love the show enough to keep the lights on and keep things going, uh, visit our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash garage hammer. And um, you know, before we go, I would once again really like to give one more round of thanks to our newest patrons, uh, John Hill Davies and Joel Eddy of Drive Through Reviews. Um, thank you and on all of our patrons um, for for doing what you guys do for the show, which is amazing. Um, so Alex couple of weeks um i have no idea what we're going to cover but i'm certain it'll be uh adequate it's probably going to start with a kh oh yeah 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 probably if i can if if i can bring myself to do it after the disaster with this frigate well i mean there's other things with a kh oh there's corn isn't there 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not just for... Oh. It's hey. not just for stunties anymore. Wow. We could be doing either. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I left it open-ended. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Hey, if we do corn, you know, Rotor's building, building, building corn models. We, if we can get him, we can talk him into it. He's always... That guy's always good for a, an amazing time with it's a show. National Treasure, global Cultural icon. icon. Yep, that's 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 my boy right there. So, I guess that's it then. So let's wrap this up because we're hitting two and a half now, which is still good for us. For us, yeah. Hey, we did an hour and fifty four last week. I did no, I had no, no delusions that we do that twice in a row. But, uh, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehand. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com you can also find us on twitter david is at garagehammer and alex that's me is at some kind of geek 30 original music by claire seabrook you can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash claire seabrook music finally if you want to join the garagehammer community as well as the aos community worldwide you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums, that's tga.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.